Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. It's not every day you can double your money, but with MyBookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. What's up, guys? We have officially closed the book on lucky number week number 13. We go headlong into week 14 where our beloved Chicago Bears head back out on the road to uh, be presented to a national TV audience in Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But, uh, you know, we uh, we have to because the NFL says so. They... uh, did not, in their infinite wisdom, flex this game to, you know, 325 on Fox. They are keeping it primetime Sunday night football on NBC. So, um, you know, it's just, um, I don't know. It's a mixed bag. My attitude on this might change when I do the deep dive tomorrow and I hear more about the practice schedule and, and who's been practicing, who's healthy, and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, we did get the good news. We're getting Justin Fields back today. He is practicing full, no restrictions. Uh, So he will be back in the starting lineup against the Packers. But will he get Marquise Goodwin back? Will he get um, uh, Allen Robinson back? David Montgomery showed up on the injury report today with a couple of injuries. Will he be 100% on Sunday and all that kind of stuff? Not to mention Akeem Hicks and... Uh, and what have you on the defense, Akeem Hicks and Mario Edwards on the uh, defensive side. So, I mean, it's uh, if we're at full strength, then it kind of goes back to what Lauren Cox and I were talking about in the, the midseason review where we're looking forward to the schedule. And, you know, it's like, could we actually, you know, put something together and steal a win uh, against the Packers uh, in Lambeau and you know, get get have some pride and sh- and get some revenge for that "I own you" remark and on in Soldier Field being being screamed at our fans and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Justin Fields, second bite at the apple, first team that he's got to play uh, a second time and uh, and all that. It is could it all add up to be something on Sunday, or are we just going to get the drubbing that I think most of us are expecting uh, from this nine and three Packers squad to our four and eight? 
uh, bears. So, you know, it, it could run the gambit. You know, hopefully it'll be somewhere in between and it'll be a competitive game, kind of like the first one was for the most part, you know, that uh, we, we're kind of digging it out there for a bit, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. So, but our guest this week, uh, as always, when it comes to Bears Packers, Evan Western from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company. And, and we talk about all that. We talk about the what a crazy up and down year it's been for both teams. It's just that, it's been mostly up and down for the Packers as far as like drama and behind the scenes on the field. It's business as usual. Nine and three, first place in the NFC North, uh, number two seed in the NFC right now. But they have the tiebreaker over Arizona with the head to head win. Should they manage to tie one another? Green Bay still fighting for home field uh, in the NFC, uh, which they did earn last year. So we'll see. Uh, how that goes. I mean, it's just uh, one thing that we didn't talk about today was if um, if Minnesota loses tonight, this being tonight, Thursday when most of you guys are, when everybody's hearing this on Thursday, if they lose tonight to the Steelers, the Packers can clinch the division, not just the playoff spot, but clinch the division uh, against the Bears on Sunday. So talk about you know playing a motivated uh, Packers squad on Sunday night despite the Bears you know, wanting revenge or getting their, you know, being able to put our best foot forward with everybody coming back off the injured list and uh, and what have you. So I just hope it's interesting. Prognosis isn't good, at least not at the moment, where we're still looking to be extremely shorthanded on offense and uh, defense, and we're not playing well to boot right now. We talk about Jalen Johnson and his moment to, uh, to, you know, to tackle Kyler Murray and him pulling up and just letting him walk right into the uh, end zone uh, and everything. We, we talk a bit about the officiating uh, and all that kind of stuff. So we cover a lot uh, in our conversation. Uh, we talk about the, like I said, the up and down seasons of these two teams and, uh, you know, where, where, the, where the future holds. Could this be the last time that Aaron Rodgers faces the Packers in a Packer uniform uh, and, and all that? Could this be the last game as of Matt Nagy as head coach? Could the McCaskies pull the trigger on this if it is the drubbing that we all expect to receive on national TV. So, I mean, a lot of mixed emotions, a lot going on, a lot on the line in this football game, even though as far as like the rivalry, it's not a whole lot at stake uh, this time around. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. It's myself and Evan Western from Acme Packing Company previewing Bears Packers on the week 14 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the Week number 14, because the NFL says so, is on national television. They've had plenty of chance to spare us Bear fans from the embarrassment and making us wait uh, to watch the Packers kick the ever-loving crap out of us on Sunday Night Football. They insist, so we're going to do it. And here to help us preview this possible debacle, as always, from Acme Packing Company, our good friend Evan Western. Evan, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks a lot, Larry. Always happy to be here. So I'm sure you don't mind that this game is on national television, considering that you are 99.99% certain to be the victor uh, in this uh, particular uh, ball game. But I, I can tell you that most Bear fans were quite disappointed to hear that we were not flexed to like a 325, uh, you know, Fox game as opposed to sticking to the 720 NBC start. 
Well, it's it's a league rule, right, that you have to have a Packers Bears game on primetime at least once a year. Yes. And um, up until what, Lambo, two years though. ago, in Lambo, I, I was, so. yeah. Other than that game, that season opener two years ago, it's it's always the Lambo game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not surprised that they decided to to stick with it. Yeah, they, they kind of snuck in two of them last year because obviously the first game, week twelve, was was Sunday night football, and then week seventeen. We played at Soldier Field, but it was a 325 game, which in the Midwest, of course, you know, it's dark at four o'clock. So, you know, 80% yeah. of that game was played under the lights at Soldier Field. So they kind of snuck two of them in on us last year. But, um, you know, that was not the case uh, this season. So let's talk about our teams, Evan. That's what we're here for. When we uh, met up eight weeks ago, going into week number six, uh, my beloved Chicago Bears were on a two game winning streak sitting at 3-2, and two, one game behind the first-place Green Bay Packers. And the bulk of our conversation was about how even though the Packers were 4-1, and one, they were a shaky 4-1. and one. They probably should have lost in overtime to the Bengals. If the defense comes up with a stop against San Francisco, you don't kick the field goal that wins that game. You very likely could have, very easily could have been 2-3, and three, a game behind the Bears going into that thing. And... Early on in that ball game, it looked like the matchup we thought we were going to get. This even keeled back and forth. This could be the start of a new generation thing with, with the quarterback that we've been dreaming of for years. And then the second half happened and it all disappeared and, uh, you know, culminated in the now infamous I own you <laughs> moment uh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was that was a fun one for all of us Packers fans. Um <laughs> As I'm sure you would imagine. Oh yeah, so, it was a barrel of laughs it came, for us on was, this side. It, it was funny. It came up today in Rogers' press conference too, and and he made a, a joke about uh, yeah, I I don't really regret doing what I did and saying what I did and why would that game? No, yeah, absolutely not. Um, you know, and, and especially with the context after the fact of all of the Bears fans in the stands throwing him multiple birds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get you get fired up about that, and and it shows to me that Roger still cares about this rivalry, um, even as you know his his drama has sort of uh, gone on and continued with the Packers front office. Right. So where are we at with that? Because there was that whole mess. Uh, what was it like three four weeks ago now with the um the you know him, with him catching COVID and being out. And it basically cost you a football game because apparently Jordan Love is not as ready as he should be uh, at this point. I mean, granted, he hasn't played anybody. He's been watching one of the best to ever do it do it for the last two seasons. And uh, he was not completely terrible against Kansas City, but he was definitely hurting you guys in that football game. And all I have to say about that is welcome to the club uh, on that one. <laughs> watch your Watch your defense waste a 13-point performance against one of the biggest offenses in the NFL only to have your offense back you up with a single touchdown. So, uh, But it's like there's that, uh, there's the COVID toe or the broken toe or I'm having surgery, I'm not, yes, I am, no, I didn't, uh, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just where where is it at? I mean, is this going to be Aaron Rodgers' yeah. last game against the Bears on Sunday? I, I honestly don't know. Um, I, could, I could see a case either way. 
because it does seem like the Packers front office has been more amenable to making the types of veteran moves that Rodgers has wanted in the during the season throughout this year. Um, they brought in guys like Whitney Merciless, uh, who had a really nice three or four game stretch before he got injured. Um, they brought in Rasul Douglas, who's had a, a really impressive start to his Packers career with a couple of really big plays. And, um, more and more of these veteran guys that you know in the past they've been bringing in just young guys off the street or developing from in, inside the organization but now they're bringing guys in who you know who have experience in the NFL and you know playing depth roles and they've been a lot of these guys have been playing really critical roles this season because of injuries and Rogers even made a comment about that a couple of weeks ago that he's really encouraged by that and he's really happy to see that so it, it does seem like he's soft putting his tone a little bit on his frustration with Brian Gutekunst in the front office. And that, that laid, led me to think that, Hey, you know, this is, this is a sign that he's coming back next year. And then literally 48 hours after he made those comments, he tested positive for COVID. We found out about his uh, statement about being immunized did not mean that he was actually vaccinated. Right. Um, and then everything just kind of went to hell again for, for a very different reason. And so I honestly, I, I have no idea where, yeah. where he's going to be playing next year. Um, if this is the, the last ride indeed, then um, they're setting themselves up with a, a pretty good chance to get the one seed once again and uh, give them a run, and and it looks like they're starting to get some of the key players back on this roster too, uh, which would certainly help uh, in the odds for for getting home field advantage and making it to the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I, I can't answer your question um, <laughs> <laughs> because there's still just so many unknowns, and his contract is still out there. And if he does come back, is you know, they're going to have to restructure his deal, and and they're already thirty million over the cap for 2022, oh, and. You know, there's all these moving parts that that, you know, it, but but I definitely feel more comfortable or, or more more confident that there's at least a chance he comes back now than I did say this summer um, when you know he had just come back for training camp and and we were fresh off of all of the you know all the drama of of this past off season. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting eight weeks for both of our squads, and and most of your drama has been squarely around the guy where the drama was all off season. Uh, so it's nice that you guys have centralized uh, all of yep. that. Uh, for us, yeah. it's it's centralized around our uh, around the the coach and up up the chain, uh, not being able to apparently keep a secret on whether on what uh, Nagy's uh, status is. And the rumors are starting again that if he loses again on Sunday, he'd be one in seven uh, against the Packers in his four years. And we've got an extra day to prepare for the Vikings on Monday night. Next week, this would be a good time to cut them loose, and the last four games would be spent, you know, in development mode, seeing, you know, what what we have in our draft picks, what we have in the cupboard for 2022, because the Bears have money to play with, but they also have, like, nine guys coming back next year, so that money's got to be spent wisely, so we need to know what we have. It's a very different situation than what we were looking at eight weeks ago where the arrow was pointing up, and now it is very most decidedly pointing down, and you guys got us started on that losing streak, and that was the first of the five before we squeaked out a victory on Thanksgiving Day against the on the Lions. And I, when I squeak out, I mean walk off field goal with no time left uh, against the 
Lions before, uh, you know, stumbling right back into the buzzsaw that was the Arizona Cardinals this past Sunday. So if we lose on Sunday, it's seven out of the last eight that we've lost. We've been swept again by the Packers for the, well, he's third time in four years. So, yeah. And depending on how severe the beating is, uh, would probably determine how quickly the axe falls on Matt Nagy. So, well, I'll say this for you. At least uh, you you didn't go full Vikings and actually lose to the Lions. So congratulations <laughs> on that one. Right. <laughs> I was so certain we were going to be that team, dude. I, I really yeah. did. But then the Lions just kind of lying their way out of it there at the end. Yep. I've, I've never seen a head coach call four timeouts in less than 90 seconds. And, uh, you know, that's how Dan Campbell finished off the game where they called the a timeout. Then they called another one, got flagged for it, gave us a five-yard delay a game penalty, which made our third and nine, third and four that we easily converted. He tried to call another timeout, but Matt Nagy beat him to it and called his own timeout, and then he called another one. Like He went into the two-minute warning with three timeouts. They were gone. In, in under underneath that and not in the regular like we're trying to save clock so we can get the ball back timeout kind of right. way he's just calling random timeouts because guys aren't lined up they don't know what they're doing they're confused they're going back and forth you know like if the ball is snapped right now nobody's going to be in position to make the play so they were there were good reasons for those timeouts but it was like all of that incompetence all at once is what saved the bears and allowed us to win that game on thanksgiving day so there was nothing it was what i call a yeah but victory uh against the lions it's like yeah we won but it was the lions it took us literally 59 minutes and 59 seconds to get the lead on the on the lions we probably should have lost the game and all that kind of stuff it was like people were like well you know dalton threw for 300 yards it's our first 300 yard performance it's like right yeah but we ran the ball like 12 times so we went back to the old offense that didn't work last year with Trubisky or Foles, and you know we only managed 16 points. So everybody slow down on Andy Dalton being the answer on offense. So, so with with Nagy then coming out of that, what's the uh, what what's the smallest or, or what's the biggest point spread in this game that you can foresee him keeping his job for another week? You know, that's a great question. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's so much the sp- point spread as it is the actual outcome of the, of the game. Like, how did that point spread actually happen? If we're looking sure. at another yeah. Tressman 42 to nothing at halftime uh, drubbing, I'm pretty sure that he won't be allowed to get on the bus to go back <laughs> to, you know, to the charter that's going to bring him back uh, to Chicago uh, or, or whatever, you know, because... It, it may not mean much to most of the world as much as it used to, this, this rivalry, uh, but I know that it means a ton to the McCaskies. It still means a lot to them, especially Virginia, who is still yep. chugging along at 961 years old. So, um, you know, going one and seven, getting drubbed on national television uh, and, and, and what have you, if, if it's anything like that, I, I cannot fathom how they could justify him still having a job on Monday. I just can't wrap my head. I mean, I'm, st- I'm still having trouble coming up with reasons why he's still the coach now. Yeah. Like after what happened against Baltimore, losing to Hundley, whatever the quarterback's name was, uh, you know, and for like the fourth time in five games, the defense needed one critical hold and we couldn't do it. 
and defense is supposed to be the strength of the team. So, I mean, it started with you guys in Green Bay. Right. In the first yeah. game, you know, we had that amazing drive in the fourth quarter. We score a touchdown, make it 17-14. All we need is a stop, get us the ball back, let Justin see if he can, you know, get us a tie, or God forbid, get us a win. The next thing you know, uh, you know, for the first time all game, Devontae Adams is wide open. Uh, right. Some of the worst tackling I've ever seen barely gets him out of bounds. Otherwise, we're talking at a 60-yard touchdown run, and then a few plays later, I own you. I still own you. I'll always own you. Thank you very much, defense. This is <laughs> this is what you do, you know. And then fast forward a couple of weeks later because Tom Brady and the Buccaneers broke it off in our ass in the first quarter, so that really wasn't a factor there. But the the, the 49er game? where Justin Fields has that bananas running all over the field touchdown run. We get the ball back, see if we can retake the lead, go out and win the game. Five plays, 75, play, 75 yards later, Garoppolo's running it in for the game winner. Uh, the Pittsburgh game, same thing. Uh, Justin Fields gets us the lead with a minute 47 to go. Big Ben marches right down the field, which he could not do against literally anyone else right now. He marches right down the field on us, kicks the game winner, ball game over. And then same thing with the Ravens. You know, we fourth and 16 or whatever it was, they throw that touchdown pass to Goodwin. We've got the lead. We're at home. The crowd is going bananas. Pass interference call, leave a guy wide open and all that kind of stuff. Next thing you know, the Ravens score a touchdown. They, they win the game just over and over. And this is supposed to be the better unit of our football team. And they let us down four times in five games, and it's, it's just inexcusable that uh, we would lose that game where the football gods gave us an opportunity. No Hollywood Brown, no Lamar Jackson, and we lose anyway at home. So yep. I can't fathom why he still had a job past Baltimore other than the next game was on Thanksgiving Day, like four days right. later. If, if we'd have had a full week of practice, I would love to believe that the McCaskies would have pulled the trigger because that was the absolute perfect time to do it. I would have done it anyway. The hell with it. I'll just just forget it. You know, just send him out, send him packing. The hell with it. Let's move on. He's not coming back in 2022 anyway. We all know that. So what are we waiting for? That's really where I'm at with that. You know, <laughs> that's where I'm at with it. So, you know, but your guy is is he on a 5-year deal or th- 4 years? Cuz you oh, might four. be wanting to talk uh, yeah. talking about extension cuz this guy's at the very least a regular season wonder on your sideline. Oh no question, yeah. Lafleur's not going anywhere. Um, the the that NFC Championship game is really the only hump now, right? Yeah. Um, he finally won a game uh, out in California, which was big. Um, that San Francisco game this year, pulling that one out, so that was exciting. Um, seen some some really big performances, and and in strange circumstances between COVID and injuries. I mean. They're, just based on the adversity this team has had to overcome and the distractions that it has overcome, um, I am shocked that he's not, you know, one two with Belichick basically for uh, Coach of the Year honors. But yeah. it's it's you know this is a team coming off a of back to back thirteen and three seasons, and you know you you just generally don't win a Coach of the Year award if your team was good last year, regardless of the. <laughs> The, the adversity that you've gone through. Yeah. But think about it with this team, right? David Bakhtiari's missed the entire season. You know, you're all pro left tackles. You know, it doesn't sound like he's probably going to play this weekend either. So he's missing your first 13 He hasn't games been back season. at all. I, th- I thought he was coming back when he was ready so to come off the pup list. He, 
Yeah, he, he came off the pub list and started practicing, but they needed to activate him to the 53 in order to um, basically stop the stop the clock and, and make it so that he would be eligible to play at some point this season. Right. But even though he's been activated, they they haven't been um, he hasn't been practicing much the last couple of weeks. He had some arthroscopic surgery in that knee to, to clean out some some junk from uh, from the surgery uh, on his torn ACL. So I think we're looking at probably another week or two before he's back. Jair Alexander's missed half the season with, um, I think, a, sh- a shoulder, you know, chest injury. Um, you've had Zadarius Smith, who's been out since week one with a back issue. You've had Rodgers missing a game with COVID. Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard missed that Cardinals game with COVID. Um, just just tons of in- injuries. Rashawn Gary missing a game, um, the, the Vikings game two weeks ago. So this team has dealt with a, a massive quantity of injuries and, and absences this season. And for them to have, have gone 9-3 and three under those circumstances, um, I think is is a testament to the coaching, uh, to Lafleur, to the assistance that he's put together. And um, yeah, it's it's just I think showing the NFL world just how good a coach Lafleur really is, and not just you know that he's a great offensive mind, which I think he is, but um, that he's a good program leader as well. Or we can just you know tell the underlying truth is that they they've made a deal with the devil, and that's why <laughs> the ball always bounces your way, like. A.J. Green run blocking when the ball is coming to him and Razul Douglas somehow juggles the ball into his hands for the game-clinching uh, interception. I was that, sitting there watching oh it. It God. ruined my vacation watching that. <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I was like, I cannot effing believe this. It's like these guys, you know, it's like, granted, I was in, there was a very impressive game, a very, you know, impressive bit of coaching from LaFleur to get those guys ready with everybody that you were missing uh, in that game to to run the ball as well as you did against the Cardinals and, and have the lead late. But it's just like when, when the Cardinals came up with that stop at the goal line and then literally flipped it and went back the other way, all they need is a field goal to tie it, and they go for the touchdown. A.J. Green has a veteran brain fart there in the corner in the end zone, and Razul Douglas has the presence of mind just enough to hang on to the ball and intercept it, and it's over, as opposed to, oh, now it's third down and we can kick the field goal, send this thing to uh, overtime. I was like, I, I can't. This They're a blessed team is all I can say because it's just for the things that keep bouncing their way, like so-and-so missing the field goals in the Cincinnati game and uh, and all the rest of that. But, um, you know, just like I just can't wrap my hand or head around any other more logical answer than you guys have signed a deal with the devil to keep coming out on top like this. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, the, the Douglas pick in that game was uh, some great karma because they signed him off the Cardinals practice squad about three <laughs> weeks earlier nice. after Jair went down. So for him to to basically play that whole game, start and, and play well most of that game, and then pay off with that pick in the end zone was was a lot of fun because he, he went over and, and just stared straight into the, the Cardinals uh the the stands at at State Farm Stadium, and um, it, it was it wasn't you know it wasn't a Rogers you know Soldier Field moment, but it was a oh yeah you guys forgot about me yeah kind of a moment for him uh, which was really cool. Um, but he's he's been a an incredible find this year, and again he's an example of uh, some of those you know one of those veteran additions that this team has made who has had to play a ton of snaps because of injuries to again to Jair to Kevin King who's missed a couple games. Um, Eric Stokes, I think, missed a game or two, the, the rookie corner. So, um, yeah, we're getting – this team is getting production out of 
um, guys way down the depth chart, and, and Douglas has been one of the pleasant surprises this season. So let's talk about the last four games for you guys before the bye, starting off with the um, Kansas City yep. game. Now, did that game have each and every one of you Packer fans on your knees begging Rodgers to come back if this is what you have to look forward to from Jordan Love? No, and I'll tell you why, because it wasn't really Jordan Love who lost them that game. It okay. was the special teams, and it was the interior offensive line. Um, that Chiefs defense with with Steve Spagnolo loves to get creative on their blitzes, and that was, I think, the game that also kind of springboarded them uh, to, to, to have a, a defense that has been really performing well these last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But um, he sent a ton of, of crazy pressures, especially up the middle, and if there's a place that, that the Packers are weak on the offensive line, it's especially at right guard um, where Royce Newman, the rookie, has, has really struggled with you know, dealing with stunts and, and blitzes and that sort of thing. So um, I think they identified that as a way that they could get pressure on Love early and often. Um, he certainly didn't, you know, acquit himself particularly well against pressure, but um, I think that was a, a, a huge part of the reason why the offense was ineffective. But they also gave away nine points on special teams. They missed two field goals and they gave the Chiefs a field goal after a muffed punt. So you you flip that around, it very easily could have been a 13-10 Packers win, uh, even with Jordan Love's less-than-stellar performance. So I don't think that... Um, I don't know that you take that much away. I think everybody's grade on Love is still very much an incomplete after seeing him play in that game because he just didn't have any time whatsoever to to get into the offense, right? And um, you know, was really put in some tough positions by the special teams. Yeah, because he he found out on what either like Friday or Saturday that he was playing, and uh, I mean, I mean, he f- he found out in such a little time that dear mom got you know row nine hundred and six in the. The yeah. top of the uh, Kansas City, uh, the Arrowhead Stadium uh, there. I mean, she could, you know, stick a finger in the in the edge of the atmosphere. She was so high of the high in the stadium there. Him and the her and the girlfriend, I think, uh, yep. were up there. But uh, wasn't he like statistically, wasn't it ugly for him? Oh, it was it was pretty ugly. Yeah, yeah I think um, let me pull it up here. Yeah, I mean he was he was nineteen of thirty four for one hundred ninety yards. Uh, well, that's not a touchdown horrendous a pick. or anything like that. I mean, uh, you're talking to a guy who just read a tweet today. <laughs> it's all about standards, right? Yeah. Well, it's I mean, like your, your just, basis of comparison. Just check this out. Uh, I'm I'm gonna fudge the numbers a little bit, but it's it's like um, Nagy's offense, our passing offense is averaging like one hundred and seventy eight yards a game this year, uh, and Sid Luckman in the forties averaged one hundred and ninety eight. So we're averaging fewer passing yards now than we were at a time in the NFL where throwing the ball was considered a trick play. So <laughs> not good, you know, yeah. not good. I mean, it was basically practically cheating if you were throwing the ball uh, in the 40s. That's, that was the NFL game back then, and we're averaging more passing yards then than we are now, where, you know, the NFL has basically is, is basically discouraging you from running – the football on a regular basis because of the all of the rules in favor of the offense and, uh, and and whatnot. Like you can't even touch a guy. There's a flag coming and uh, and all. Even though the refs have been wildly inconsistent with that this year, um, yeah. it's been horrendous. Like I like th- this season. If in, in my opinion, is the absolute case for full time referees because oh, yeah. what we've been getting from these guys, they're definitely not spending enough time 
on their jobs. That's absolutely apparent from what we've been seeing from these guys across the board. Not just me, the Bear fan, whose team probably leads the league in penalties or anything like that. I'm talking about watching any football game. The refereeing we're seeing everywhere is horrendous. So yeah, I I think back to that uh, that Dallas Oakland game on Thanksgiving in the afternoon. I think mm. there was something like 20 penalties combined in that game for like you know, 250 yards. I think it was closer like to that. 30 actually. Maybe it was. Yeah, I think they were both I mean, in the it, teens by the end of the ball game. It was brutal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, and don't even get me started on the, the taunting call on Monday night against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. It's not every day you can double your money, but with my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use the promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. (laughs) This episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD as in sports drink to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D E E. It's uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D E E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, seven o'clock Central, eight o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club Thirty Four Seven. But, I mean, it's the, you have that Kansas City game, and, you know, it snaps your, what, seven-game winning streak, something like that? Yep. At the time, you come home, the defense absolutely shuts down Wilson and company, 17 to nothing. Then you go to Minnesota. What happened in Minnesota? Because now not only did you guys lose that game, which isn't the biggest surprise, because if there is one team that is your kryptonite in this division, it's Minnesota. Yeah. But not only did they beat you guys, but they scored 34 points doing it when combined in the last two games, you're giving up less than a touchdown average the, the two games prior. So what happened there? What, yep. what, what did the Vikings do that, that was all of a sudden too much for the Packers to handle? It's, it's actually very simple. Um, Kirk Cousins made a lot of ridiculous plays under pressure. Yeah, I was hearing and that. The, yeah. and, and the Packers dropped three interceptions. 
Oh wow! So okay. yeah, there was there was I think two that were reviewed on um, there, two that were overturned on review. Another one that uh, I guess it, it got canceled out by a roughing the passer penalty. Mm. But when when that didn't happen, Cousins just he was he was chucking it up to Justin Jefferson and he was coming down with it. Um, <laughs> the Packers got pressure pretty much all game long, um, and just yeah, I was listening it, it, to they, they got. Really, they got really unlucky, right? So this is yeah. this is one of those that that kind of I think counters your <laughs> your deal with the devil comment because looking at some of the looking at some of the the advanced stats and things like Football Outsiders put something out that said based on the the per play averages in that game, the Packers should have won that game ninety five percent of the time. But some weird again, another weird special teams thing or two, and then a bunch of picks that should have been picks that weren't picks, um, all kind of contributed to. Uh, to that that game ending up the way it did. What do you think it is about the Vikings? Because last year they got they beat you in Lambeau. This year you got the win in um, in Minnesota. Do you play them again this year? Yeah, we've done? got uh, we got them in Lambeau in week seventeen. Okay, so you're the same as us. Like we don't play them for the first time until next week. So it's like yeah. I don't know what it is about the NFL and scheduling Minnesota's division games. Like they've mm-hmm. you know basically like six straight division games to finish the year essentially. Because they get us in the the last four weeks, they get us on Monday night, and then we finish it in Minnesota. Stop me if you heard that one before, uh, Evan. <laughs> that the Bears are in Minnesota to finish the year, which means you guys are playing. You know who uh, at right. the end of the season again. So, um, but it's just you know, it's what what is it about Minnesota and that matchup? Because they've had because of a team that hasn't really stuck to a script in the division, it is the Vikings. One year that, you know, they have the power running game. They're doing this, they're doing that. And then the other time they got Culpepper and Moss and they're throwing it all over the stadium. It's, it's a team that's been very fluid in what their identity is. Whereas the Packers and the bears and the lions have pretty much been the same team all along, or at least followed a model, if you will. What is it about the Vikings and their changing ways that always seem to give the Vikings or the Packers trouble? Yeah, I, I I can't put my finger on it, but it does seem like they're, they're always, it's kind of a high variance team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, I don't know. You never feel like you really know what you're going to get week to week from them because, again, for the, for them, a lot of their their underlying numbers are really good, but then they've lost a bunch of games um, that they probably should have won earlier earlier this year. Yeah. Um, some weird field goal stuff that they've had. Um, so I think they they just maybe it's just that they play a lot of close games based on the the way that that the Zimmer team is set up. Um, and and maybe that's a you know maybe there's some coaching stuff there and and close games are notorious for being obviously being unpredictable um you know one big play here and there makes makes a big difference packers win that game if darnell savage holds on to the you know holds on to an interception um before minnesota you know goes down and and, and scores a go ahead touchdown um or or go ahead field goal rather so um yeah they i i think they just end up in very you know, very close game situations and lots of high leverage stuff can happen there and, and send things in either direction, really. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting um, what what teams have the other team's number kind of yep. thing. And I know you guys beat more Minnesota more than you don't, but it's I think more times than not, you guys always split the series yep. for one reason uh, or another. Meanwhile, you're just sweeping the floor with us in Detroit. So uh <laughs> Hopefully we can put a stop to that uh, pretty soon. And then finally, before the bye, the big showdown in Lambeau. Matt Stafford returns to to Lambeau Field, this time in a Rams uh, uniform with a much better football team than he's ever been there with before. 
and the final score ended up being uh, 36-28, so a one-score game, but it was nowhere near that close. Nope. Yeah, and and really, it, it, it very easily could have been a, a two-touchdown game um, based on a few different things. Um, there's, a, again, another missed field goal there by Crosby, which we probably got to get into at some point. But, um, yeah, that, that very easily could have been like a 39-25 game. Um, but, yeah, it... it the Packers just seem to have the Rams number. Um, so many teams struggle to to handle that Rams defense, but between the playoffs last year, this game two weeks ago, um, Green Bay doesn't have any any issues moving the ball or, or putting up points on this Rams defense. Um, I think I saw in those two games they've targeted Jalen Ramsey in coverage twelve times and completed twelve passes uh, <laughs> with a couple of touchdowns. Plus Rogers like little pump fake running into the end zone yeah. uh, for the the opening touchdown um, with Ramsey trying to trying to track him down in that game too. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. Stafford also looked, looked bad in that game. Um, I know his numbers look good. He had 300 yards and three touchdowns, but two of those were bombs. And from a play to play basis, he was missing guys all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's, I think he's hurt. I think he's hurt more than the team is willing to let on. And I think it's really affecting his mechanics and, uh, and he's just generally not, very accurate but um yeah this uh, this was kind of a you know everybody was kind of talking this about being a playoff preview right um mm-hmm. you know potential potential tiebreaker for the number one seed in play um depending on what the rams do down the stretch and you know the rams coming in as as one point road favorites into lambo and i i do wonder if that kind of got the packers amped up a little bit more to to say you know why the hell are we underdogs in our own stadium yeah at you know, sitting at eight and three. So, um, I do think, uh, I think there's, you know, and the, the other weird thing is that Lafleur has not lost a regular season game after a loss. He, he has not, he's never had a two game losing streak in the regular season. Um, which is, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Screw you guys, man. It's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> so sick of this, but yeah, I, you know, it's just, uh, I, I kid, but it's just, um, you know, kind of frustrating to, I mean, and granted, we're talking about two very different times uh, of the year for the Bears to struggle the way they did week one. And then when you guys get a chance at them, it's, you know, 36 points. The ball's going all over the field. Rodgers is running in touchdowns, going head-to-head with Jalen Ramsey, you know. And it's just like, they make it look so easy, and I hate them all for it. It's just, uh, and and I'm hoping that those days are changing, you know, because we have... Uh, uh, you know, an up and coming young quarterback who has shown flashes to yep. have all the tools and not like Trubisky showed flashes in the Dole Loggins, John Fox uh, offense, you know, his rookie year before Nagy uh, came to town, but like legitimate, like elite quarterback flashes that, that he has. It's just a matter of getting him the proper coaching and getting him into a system that will benefit him. And we know that's not going to happen with the guy that's coaching him now. So um, you know, I, I hope that those days are changing so this rivalry can be a rivalry uh, again. Like this can be a game yep. that that people get excited about, not just us, because it's Bears Packers week and and all that kind of stuff. Because I got to tell you, this is probably one of my least motivated Bears Packers games that I'm going into <laughs> in a very long time. Like it's it's not even close um, as far as like how little I'm looking forward to this. I mean. 
My my attitude on it might change if we get everybody else back because Akeem Hicks has been out a few weeks with an ankle injury. Allen Robinson's had a an hamstring injury. And uh, even though he has contributed almost nothing to the offense this year, we've looked lost in the passing game without him. So yep. he was doing something without doing something uh, in that offense. And uh, I'm hoping that we get those guys back. Then we can put, you know, what we have left because we're, we're injured all over the place, same as you guys, but we can put somewhat of our best foot forward because if we roll in with Justin Fields and everybody else that we played with against Arizona, you stop David Montgomery, you win the football game by a mile. Right. So I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to Sunday at all. So Yeah. I mean, aside from, let's say, Darnell Mooney, who's playing? I mean, I, I saw Montgomery's question. Right now too didn't didn't practice much today um it, it it it's really a skeleton crew out there for especially at the skill positions for chicago's offense and to be honest with you man i i i i wonder after some of the things i saw in the game against arizona maybe you've heard this as well i wonder how much how many of these are real injuries as opposed yeah. to something that you know most football players would play with like anybody wearing a packer uniform if they can go they're going you know, yeah. like those guys that aren't playing are genuinely hurt, but would play if they could. I wonder where we're at with the Bears, because there was a play on Sunday where Jalen Johnson had a shot at Kyler Murray. Like one of those shots you get like once in a generation now these nowadays in the NFL. They were basically going to meet at the goal line, and at the last second, Jalen Johnson made a business decision, and he pulled up. So it, Murray was probably going to score anyway, but it was a it was the perfect position the perfect a moment to be able to hit a quarterback without getting flagged for it, and he didn't take the opportunity. Now, I didn't well, want him. Not, that, Go ahead. Uh, that's that's not a quarterback who's built like Big Ben either, right? right? Like that's Kyler Murray. He's yeah. he's two hundred pounds, two hundred five pounds, maybe. He's he's so, maybe five ten. He's one of yeah. the shortest quarterbacks in the league. Uh huh. Yeah, that's that's one where you 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 can't make a business decision in yeah. that spot against that a guy that size. But he pulled up. He pulled up at the last minute, and and I've been saying, you know, all week long, it's like I didn't want him to go in there and tear Kyler Murray's head off or declead him, knock his helmet off, put a forearm in his in his you know in his forehead or anything like that. I wanted him to make the tackle. I wanted yeah. him to make even if he just lowers his head, puts his shoulder in his hip, you know, even if he scores. I want to see the effort, and he gave none. He pulled up and let Kyler Murray score. He just let him score, yeah. and that that's the kind of thing that makes you. You point right at the coach. It's like, yep, those are your players. That's the effort that they're giving you right now. They are literally phoning this thing in. So yeah, never I mean, mind, uh, you know, not developing a young quarterback or putting him in positions to succeed or, or tailoring your offense to his skill set. Right. But that that speaks to your general leadership of the program. Yeah, which is you know what's kind of turned me towards you know possibly getting excited about a guy like Josh McDaniels, who a few years ago was toxic as far as, like, why would anybody in the NFL hire this guy? But you look at a game like Monday night against the Bills. Yep. Mac Jones, who's having an amazing rookie season, threw the ball three times, and they beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo by running the ball 68 times in that game or whatever it was. Like, the conditions called for them to need to run the ball, and that's what they did. They stuck with it. They went for two after scoring their first touchdown because they were would have been kicking into that wind and let's go. I mean, it makes more sense to go for the two than it does to kick an f- extra point at yep. this point. It's like they adjust to the moment. The Bears refuse to do that, or Nagy does. You know, that 
our offense is our offense. Here's we're going to run despite who's in it, who the quarterback is, what defense we're playing against. And then we sit there and wonder why since uh, I believe Olin Krutz on, on, uh, does the after show for the Bears said since week 14 of 2018, Nagy's first season, the Bears have averaged eight, like 18.8 points a game <laughs> in like the 48 games since then or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just and, – and no wonder we are a below 500 football team in that time. And we're probably yeah. only that good because our defense has been outstanding most of right. that time. Well, I don't mean to, to twist that knife again, but that's one of the things that Lafleur does really well is he has some underlying core oh, I know concepts. That. And I know and, that. I mean, right? that's what I was talking you know? about with the with the Arizona game. Yep. The adjustments that you guys made, missing like every receiver you have on your roster, and you still managed to go ahead against a very good defense in Arizona, score enough points to win the game, and then it was the defense that made the play that won the game for you. You know, yep. this basically not how that game was supposed to go at all with how it was set up going into it. But Lafleur and his staff made the adjustments that they needed to to put your guys in the best position to win, and you walked away with a big, big road win against the NFC's number one seed right now. Right. Yeah, and I think you mentioned the defense again. we got to give credit to Joe Barry, the the new defensive coordinator hire. Um, none of us really – felt good about him coming into the, this season as the hire given the the lack of success he'd had in his his other two stops as a coordinator in Washington and Detroit mm-hmm. um but th- this unit is playing by far the best defensive football that I've seen from a Packers defense in several years um first shutout in a couple years um that performance again against the Chiefs was was amazing to to hold Mahomes and, and all of those playmakers to to thirteen points, and they're creating turnovers. I mean that's that's been the biggest thing for for this team too this year is it's it's always a cliche, but it really is true for the Packers that as long as they're you know staying ahead of the turnover battle, they're going to win the game. That's basically all it boils down to. Yeah. So I mean, and and looking back at the at the game, the first game, um, you know, getting getting that turnover. Um, on on what we thought and still think, quite frankly, was an offside by um, Kenny Clark, <laughs> and you know Fields just heaving it up there because he thought he had a free play and it ended up an interception. You guys ran that one back for a touchdown, you know, or at least the drive ended up being yeah. a touchdown, uh, yeah. and that ended up being you know a huge difference uh, in the ball game. What what we thought was just you know an aloof decision. The rookie made a mistake. He thought he had a free play. End up hurting way more than we thought in the moment because it was third down and long. So essentially we treated it in the moment as like, oh, it was basically it was a punt. You know, right. it was a punt. It was, a you know, a, 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 what you call it, a touchback. We're going to start, you know, the Packers are going to start deep in their own territory. No harm, no foul. Well, yeah, the harm and the foul came afterwards when you guys drove it down <laughs> the field and scored a touchdown. So it's it's those kind of things. You guys take advantage of the mistakes. I mean, it was something that I was talking about going into the Arizona game when I was basically saying that, you know, the Bears are not a good football team. We're a bad football team right now. We can't afford to make any mistakes. We can, we don't, we're not going to be perfect because nobody in the NFL is perfect. But you can't make those mistakes right. that are going to kill you. Like Andy Dalton throwing the ball behind Jakeem Grant that gets tipped up for the first interception on the third play of the game. Um, you know, Cole Komet not being able to hang on to the ball as he's falling to the ground, which, of course, lands right in the hands of another defender who not only intercepts it, but takes it 80 yards back, so they're starting from their 15-yard line. They didn't get 
It wasn't like, oh, he caught the ball and was tackled immediately deep in their own territory. No, 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 no. He catches the football, then runs 75 yards in the opposite direction, and they're starting inside the 15-yard line, which then they, of course, turn into another touchdown. And before you know it, it's 14 to nothing, and they've scored more points in the first quarter than we'll score for the entire football game. So, you know, you can't afford to do that, which is, you know, like for seven, eight weeks in a row now, my, when I do my keys to the game in my preview episodes – Number one is don't beat yourself. Don't beat yourself. The, the penalties, right. the turnovers, you know, the, the coaching miscues and, and things like that. You know, stop calling the same play on third and six. The defense sees it coming. That's why they're on top of it before the, you know, the receiver has the football and, and things like that. It's like try not to – try not being yourself instead <laughs> because being yourself is beating yourself right now everyone can see you coming and that's why i can't wait for there to be a new uh regime uh you know on offense you know whoever it ends up being this like the one requirement for an offensive coordinator or an offensive coach coming in next year should be imagination because Nagy is you know very strict and rigid you see the same things over and over again yeah it's laser calling the plays but he's calling Nagy's plays and those plays don't work and they keep running the same ones over and over again it's killing us so you guys have very little to worry about outside of us managing to force four turnovers or something on you this Sunday right. so yep. and Aaron Rodgers is very stingy with the football so I don't really see that happening yeah and with uh with the running game that and and with his willingness to, to check balls down I mean he's he's even more you know or, or, or as turnover averse as he ever has been at this point yeah, and, and, and I go back to week 17 of last year where we should have picked Rodgers off like three or four times when we dropped every single one. So yep. you can't do that. Yeah, you know, that, was, that was like, again, that was us with the, the Vikings game two, uh, three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you, you, when he doesn't serve him up often. Nope. So when he yep. does, you got to take advantage. So the ball can't hit you in the chest and fall to the – hell, that's how we lost to you guys week one in 2018, if you yeah. remember. Kyle Fuller hitting the bread basket with the football. If he catches it, we're kneeling on the ball and closing the game out. Instead, like one or two plays later, Randall Cobb's wide open in the middle of the field Mm -hmm. for an 80-yard touchdown that took the lead and won the game. So those are the things you can't allow to happen. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, we let those things happen, and you guys surprisingly come away with the win every single time in those situation so instead of just asking you what's it going to take for the bears to win it's like we know we know what it's going to take for the bears to win you know we're going to have to you know pull out uh you know we're going to have to force some turnovers because even if you pressure rogers he's so good he'll find a way around that or there's a hot route that's coming that will be wide open because he will throw to the void that you left behind by blitzing uh or anything like that um, hanging on to the football with long, you know, meticulous running drives doesn't really matter because he can hit Devontae for an 80-yard touchdown in one play and just erase all that shit. And, you know, it, it's it's going to take something like we're going to need special teams touchdown. We're going to have to force a, a few turnovers, things like that, in order to knock you guys, um, what my guest said last week, knock the offense off schedule. I loved it. Yep. I, I never heard somebody say that way before, but to keep Rodgers and company off schedule – will be the, 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 the key way for us to be able to come out with a victory uh, on Sunday. You know, it's going to take things that don't usually happen uh, to Rodgers and the Packers, and definitely not in these Bears-Packers games for us to pull yep. this one off. 
Yeah, and that's that's how the Packers have lost most of their games that they have lost in the Lafleur era is when the offense get offense gets thrown off, the the defense gives up a two score lead early, and they get stuck into their their drop back passing game, which just really isn't a strength at this stage of Rogers' career. They're so built around play action in the running game. Um and getting those shots off of, of play action that if they can't do that and they have to just sit and drop back all the time, they're not going to have a lot of success. Uh, the Vikings game was really the the only time that in the last couple of years that I can remember that they actually had a bunch of, uh, you know, sc- scored a bunch of points doing it that way. So that's, that's the way to, to beat this team is to, to run up an early lead and, and try to salt it away. But uh, yeah, that's easier said than done. And you know, the funny thing about this matchup, is that when I was looking at the third quarter of our schedule, which started just before the bye week with with the with the Steelers, then we had the bye week come for come home for Baltimore, then we're on the road to the Lions, and then home for um, Arizona, and 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 then of course Green Bay on Sunday Night Football because we have a seventeen game schedule, so one of our quarters is five games long now, but. Um, you know, it, it was it was funny to me because me and a, and a buddy of mine that does the Locked On Bears podcast, where we're doing the midseason review and we're looking at that portion of the schedule. It's like, is it is it me or does it feel like the Green Bay game is the is our best chance to steal one here? You know, <laughs> but this was also before we lost half our roster to injuries since that time. Right. And everything losing Akeem Hicks, losing Khalil Mack for the season, and you know, and all that kind of stuff. You know, Allen Robinson being out with a hamstring injury and. Uh, and all of that, and you know, losing fields for three games with a rib injury or however many games it was and uh, and all that kind of stuff. is like with the team as they were playing going into the bye week after that Pittsburgh game, I really feel like, you know, this would be Justin Fields' first opportunity to play a team a second time uh, in a season. You know there are things that he would want to do differently that went wrong the first time uh, around and, you know, have another bite at the apple and all the rest of that stuff. Plus, you know, God forbid our guys show a little bit of pride after Rogers screams out, <laughs> I own you to our fans and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. This really feels like it could be something, you know, like this could be. And if all things being equal were the same as they were going into the bye week, I would probably feel that way. And that's how this conversation would have gone. But with the season having gone the way it has since then, uh, and what we're looking at, like, yeah, we got fields back and, but there's still no word on those other guys. And, what will there still be left of them if they do actually play? I just yeah. want to get this one over with, dude. <laughs> so, so Evan, I know you got to go. I appreciate uh, your time. Do you have a final score prediction for this one? Oh, man. Uh, I hadn't thought about it yet, but, um, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to be particularly close. I mean, I think it's Packers minus 13 right now is yeah. the line. Um yeah, something like a a thirty one fourteen seems about right to yeah. me. We're in the same ballpark. I was thinking like thirty four, yeah. uh, thirty four to fourteen, somewhere in that, uh, yeah. somewhere in that area. And and for it to be like thirty to four, thirty four to seven for most of the football game, and we add a touchdown <laughs> late or something like that to, to to you know to probably ruin somebody's over under or something like that. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> at the end of it, for all you gamblers uh, out there, but. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll yep. pull one out. Maybe we'll have a John Fox upsetting uh, the the Packers on Brett Favre jersey retirement night kind of game, uh, and and we can all you know rejoice one last time before we throw Nagy out the door. But um, you know, I I think that's highly unlikely 
uh, to happen on Sunday. So just uh, just be gentle. To, you know, tell the guys, just take it easy on us. You know you're going to win. Score your 24 points and then just coast the rest of the way because there's no way we're scoring that many on you guys. Uh, I'll just say there, there's one guy who you probably won't be sorry to see probably not play on Sunday with an injury, and that's Randall Cobb. So <laughs> sounds like se- seems like the bear killer is probably going to be out this weekend. My heart is breaking knowing that Randall Cobb <laughs> won't be there to break it off in our ass on Sunday night. That sounds uh, that sounds terrible. I pray for him and his family. So figured uh, I'd end it on a, a positive note. For right? Him. Why not? You know why not? You Evan, thanks so much, man. Uh, tell us where we can keep up with you and the rest of your crew. Yeah, you can uh, you can find us all at acmepackingcompany.com. It's at acmepackingco on Twitter. Um, we're doing now, uh, we're up to, to doing daily podcasts Monday through Friday. So I'm usually on uh, Monday morning's podcast with Justice Mosqueda uh, doing the recap. Um, I think I may have to be off this week, but um, you can find us there. Um, and then, yeah, obviously everything Packers related, we're getting geared up for, uh, for the playoff run. It must so be nice. Keep, must it, be keep nice. it at APC. All right. All right, Evan, as usual, man, I, I, I hate the team you root for, but I love having you on the show. We look forward to having you back again real soon. It's always a pleasure, man. Go Pack Go. And like I said, you know, I, I, I hate the team that he roots for, but I love having him uh, on the show. You know, it's odd that one of my favorite guests to have on the show year in and year out is the Packer guy. But I guess I just lucked out, you know, because most Packer fans I've ever run into are just huge dickheads. And uh, I think we can all agree that uh, Evan isn't. He's a cool guy. I love talking to him. Love having him on the show. Um, just wish he rooted for the orange and blue instead of the the green gold. It's an unfortunate uh, character flaw of our friend, despite their success. You know, that's the kind of guy you want on your team, not not rooting for the other one. But love having him on the show. Look forward to having him back on at some point again between now and the offseason. Uh, or actually during the offseason, I should say, because we're done with the Packers after this. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll talk quite a bit about it tomorrow when we have more information who practiced uh, today, you know, because everybody that wasn't practicing just to give a silver lining to this or to maybe there is gold at the end of the rainbow here. Everybody who didn't practice like the last couple of weeks, Akeem Hicks didn't practice, Robinson didn't practice, Marquise Goodwin, like none of them were even limited the last couple of weeks. Everybody practiced today. You know, everybody practiced. They were all there. They were all at the very, you know, limited, which is a, a step in the right direction. So we'll talk more about that tomorrow on the deep dive with keys to the game, news and notes, uh, and everything else in between. So be sure to come back for that. And we'll put a bow uh, on the previews, get you ready for Bears Packers on Sunday night football. I wish to God it wasn't. I just wish it was the, you know, America's game of the week on Fox as opposed to, you know, being literally the only game in town at 7 p.m. Uh, Central time here in the Midwest uh, for the whole country uh, to witness. And so, uh, yeah, because it could be anywhere from, you know, a big from the John Fox upset on Thanksgiving night to the Mark Tressman 42 to nothing drubbing at halftime uh, type thing. It's just it could be anywhere in between, despite, you know, um, depending on who's playing, who isn't and 
the motivations of the teams. I mean, Green Bay wants to beat us, period. But, you know, beating us could be a means to an end as far as winning the division, locking up a playoff spot, uh, and, and, you know, being able to, you know, hand another loss to your arch rival is just icing on the cake for them. So, uh, you know, it would just be a little something extra uh, in, in achieving that goal. So, anyway, come back on fr- Friday, tomorrow, and uh, we'll do the deep dive, dig into the news and notes. I got some cool ones, some cool things to talk about in the news and notes. We'll do keys to the game and uh, get you ready for Sunday. Bears Packers week number 14. So uh, until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.